0: Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Allie Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Good morning, Michelle. Good
1: morning, Allie. My favorite time of the week, talking to you. How are you doing today? Uh, Okay, so so there's the, I'm fine, I'm doing great, and emotionally, I am fine but I had a little dental work yesterday, so I feel like it might even affect my talking today because just a little tender, Mm. but other than that, I'm good.
0: Cool. Well, we like to keep these short and sweet, so you won't have to be talking for too long. (laughs) Um, So today we are going to be talking about resumes, and I'm really excited because I haven't had to write a resume for myself for a pretty long time. I've done some job hopping in the last few years and I haven't really had to, I've been lucky enough to not have to worry about that. But I know that um, helping people write their resumes is something that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that it can be challenging for a lot of underrepresented people um, to write a resume that is accurate to who they are, but toes the line of what is expected of them, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel like, just as an example as a woman say I was really into pink and flowers and like that was all that feminine stuff was just super super my thing and I wanted a resume that was pink and had flowers on it that's not acceptable really in the <laughs> okay. professional world right
1: that was, like that was a that was even a joke in um pretty and Impa- uh, pink Impa- was that um Oh, I can't think of the movie with uh, Oh with- legally blonde? Legally blonde. That's it. I just yeah, watched like- that the
0: other day. I do remember. Like she hands him her resume and it's on pink paper and it's like scented. It's like <laughs> lavender. And he's like, wait, this is kind of cool.
1: <laughs> don't, don't be that trope. No, absolutely. It should no. be a. Uh, it should be just black and white for sure. Right.
0: So I just I wanted to talk to a little bit today about um the kind of thought of masculinizing or whiteifying your resume and present it, how do, how you present yourself through your resume in a way that still represents who you are as a unique individual, but, you know, meets, meets the hiring person where they are as far as what they are looking for. Because also with resumes, I feel like you want to stand out, but you don't want to stand out too much.
1: Right. Right. You don't want to stand out for the wrong reasons.
0: Yes. So what, tell me, like, what are the wrong reasons? What are the right reasons and what are the wrong reasons?
1: So, I mean, I've seen a lot of resumes in my time. I'm a lot older than you and I go back to the, I mean, I literally go back to the time when like my mom had to go get resumes printed somewhere because we didn't, nobody had printers in their houses. We didn't have yeah. computers. Like it was the seventies. It was the early eighties. Like none of that existed. So you actually went someplace and had somebody prepare a resume And Mm -hmm. made 50 copies of it and you mailed it into people or you physically dropped it off. And so there's this old school way of thinking that resumes have to be very generic because they have to be applicable to any place you're applying to. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: they also have to be one physical page and that they could be on like um, cream or white paper with black ink. And while some of that still is prevalent today, like a lot of people don't want like five page resumes and on that kind of thing, but we don't have to have one resume anymore that we send to everything mm. and, and hope that we can just change the cover letter enough to make it applicable, right? So you should you this is my advice is you should have a resume on your computer that is like your, you know, your version A, like your your beta, your you know, your main version, and then you take that one and always make a copy of it and perhaps tweak Mm -hmm. it for any particular job you're applying for. So, you know, in the WordPress industry, you might be applying for a job as a junior dev, or you might be applying, or dev, right? I mean, but I'm thinking like entry level, but like a junior dev, or you might be applying for customers, um, a customer service or support. And those two resumes would look different, right? So Mm -hmm. in one, you want to really um, emphasize the development work you've done and the programming work you've done. oh gosh, I just I said programming that made myself age right, right there. <laughs> the dev work you've done, or um, you know, or you might want to focus on your ability to talk to people, how you you know manage and any support work you've done in the past. And of course, dev work comes into that too, right, but in a much different way. so you so the first thing is don't think you have to have one resume that fits all situations, right? Um, a big mistake that I've seen in the past is people trying to put so much onto one page that they have, like, they like they open up InDesign and they make this, like, weird document with lines going sideways and text <laughs> going up the left and down the right and everything else. And that may be appropriate if you are going for a design job, right? And you want to show that you can really lay out information in a fun and interesting way but if you're like applying to a customer success job with me and it looks like a newsletter, I'm not interested. That's not something that's going to resonate with the kind of work you're going to be doing with me. So you really do need to be careful that you are including the appropriate information, but not too much information. You've laid it out in a way that my eyes can scan down, can understand who you are without trying to turn the page every, you know, and and because we're not printing them off anymore. Right. I don't want to have to like be flipping the page around (laughs) on the screen and everything to read it. So so those are just some some basic tips. We used to ask people to put like a statement at the top, like a statement of purpose, like I'm mm-hmm. seeking a job, blah, blah, blah. That's not something that we put on resumes anymore because if you're seeking, if you're applying to a job with me, I know you're seeking a job like that. Like don't yeah. pad your resume and, and and like try to fill in the blanks with stuff like that. Um, and you can always put that in a cover letter or cover email, right? Um, you don't have to have, and that's the other thing is you don't have to have a cover letter. Separate Mm -hmm. from the email, you can actually just use your email as a cover letter. But speaking specifically to people who are underrepresented, um, I think it's always important to be authentic to who you are, right? Um, So I've, you know, you and I were talking a little bit um, before. There have been people who suggested, even people, you know, in the African American community and the Black community, who suggest that you should change your name or use a middle name or not Mm -hmm. use a name that sounds like it's part of the Black community. I disagree with that um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think you always want to be your true authentic self. Do you want to start working at a place where you get called your middle name or you get called a nickname because you didn't want to be your authentic self on your resume? I wouldn't want that.
0: Yeah. I don't know about you. Even and in that, like, bleh. you said so many amazing things and like tongue Um The thought process that comes to me also for that is, you know, Say I had a name that fell into that category. Um, Yeah, I've heard stories about hiring managers who see a name that sounds Black or sounds Mexican, you know, seeing a Garcia or something and they just don't even look at it, right? They see the name and they turn it over. That's not a company I want to work at anyway, Absolutely. So why would I change myself to work at a place where somebody was so unprepared to accept Just my name. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't I don't want to work there at all to begin with. So if you put your authentic self on that resume and that isn't an issue. Right. I mean, that's kind of the bare minimum that you can ask. But you're already starting off in a good place where you're working for somebody who's not decided to judge you on that basis. So exactly.
1: And I do get that sometimes desperate times call for desperate measures. You can go a long period of time without having a job and feeling really desperate and need to make changes like that. But I would suggest talking to somebody um, in the industry to find out what, what on your resume is turning people off. because guaranteed if you've got a year without a job, it's not your name. You're not presenting other information to, to your best light. Um, maybe mm-hmm. there's a spelling error in your cover letter or something that might turn off a, a, a hiring manager. So there's probably something else at play um, and so I a hundred percent agree, be your authentic self all the time. You know, I don't hide who I am. I am a plus size 50 something year old woman. And trust me, I know that people know who I am in our industry. So it's not like I could hide behind, you know, changing any information or, or not being, you know, forthcoming on a resume. And that's, you know, if somebody wants to be a fat shamer, I don't want to work for a fat shamer. I don't want to work for not somebody at who's all. like, ah, oh, Michelle, she should go on a diet. I mean, First of all, you don't know my health history. You don't know anything else about me. So don't make yeah. assumptions. Right? And it has and nothing to
0: do with your job. Exactly. You know?
1: It's like, trust me, I can sit at a desk like the <laughs> of <them>. us. <laughs> yeah. Our industry that is, is all not... really, really good advice. <laughs> Our industry is pretty sedentary for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make it. Is pretty... sit up at
0: your desk. <laughs> it is a conversation worth having, though, for sure. Because I've heard yeah. so many horror stories and read articles about, you know, somebody was like, you know, I, I, my name is, you know, Jose, whatever. And I wasn't getting any calls back for jobs. And mm-hmm. I decided to submit my, my resume with the name John. And I started getting calls. Like yeah. it does happen. Um, and I've, I've heard similar things where women have pretended to be men mm-hmm. on a resume and they started getting more calls. So it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the problem doesn't stem from you as the applicant, it stems from the hiring practices. So I think the right. more that people can have these kinds of conversations with each other,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: easier it will be for folks to just not have to worry about that at all.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And and like you said, do you want to work in a misogynistic environment? Do you want to work in a racist environment where it might not be overt, right? Because people, yeah. don't, I mean, honestly, sometimes people don't realize that they have those Um, at least they're not willing to acknowledge to themselves that they have those kinds of, um, I I don't know the right word, like racist intentions Uh, or whatever it is. Biases, prejudices. Yeah. 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 Thank you. I just couldn't come up with the words, Um, you know, and, and some people are honestly just not me. I don't have that. And some people just aren't willing to acknowledge it or somewhere in between, of course. Right. Um, But I don't want to work with that person anyway. I don't want to be the one that has to educate somebody about those things. You know, over the last year and a half, um, you know, mostly since the George Floyd murder, then we've been talking a lot about what it means to be a Black person in the United States and the idea that, you know, you, Allie, shouldn't have to educate me, Michelle, about <laughs> what how to be sensitive and how to be an ally and all of those things. Like, I should be doing that research on my own and just being your ally, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to have to be the person that walks into a company and have to educate everybody about whoever I am and my backgrounds and things like that um, in a way that, that helps change the environment that you're working in. I actually thought about you this week, Allie. I was watching a television show called Zoe's – I can't remember. Zoe's Playlist, something playlist. Uh, yeah, I've heard about you. And so they had an episode this week where it was about um, – the practices of the, the, and it's a tech company, the practices of the tech company were such that they had some real racist bents and biases. Mm. And one fellow stands up and says something about it publicly. And the board comes back to him and says, we want you to retract your statement if you're going to continue to work here. Now it's a, it's an extreme case for television. My guess is it doesn't always happen that blatantly and that Mm -hmm. openly it's, it's more like those microaggressions that just make you leave on your own. But the way that they decided to take things forward in the show, and other people came forward, and other people said, I experienced this too, and I experienced this too, to try to start to change the culture. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. like, we're just, we're going to start a committee, and you get to be at the top of the committee. And I'm like, well, that's probably not the right way to do it. But on the other hand, do you put a white person at the top of that committee? It's not always easy for sure, right? To know what the yeah. right way to move forward is. But the good news is, moving forward is at least first steps. Yeah, but I thought about this whole conversation about what it must be like to to be a minority in a in an organization and have the burden of educating people on you, and you don't. You don't that shouldn't be on you. So yeah, work, it's works a place a little more progressive. An,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting. I've been in that position a handful of times, and I'm just the type of person where I don't I don't mind it to a degree, like. I don't mind. I mean, I'm sitting here with you, right? Like, I don't mind educating people. I don't mind having these kinds of conversations. But it does get kind of exhausting sometimes, especially if you're the one who is expected to do the work. Um, right. Yeah, it gets pretty exhausting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, my daughter is, is you know, multi ethnic, da- biracial, whatever the terms we're using now, what <laughs> she applies to herself. She calls herself a Black woman, which she is, but she's my daughter. So just mm-hmm. to make it clear. But um, you know, in in the height of I wanting to be a good ally, I would say, should I post this or what is the, how does this sound? And she's like, Mom, post it or don't. I'm not here to approve and put the stamp of approval on things. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that that's what I was doing. Was asking her <laughs> to be the the gatekeeper for my voice. And so um, I had some real self reflection last year. And you know, like I'm gonna put myself out there as the ally that I am. And if I make missteps and people call me on it, that's okay. Because I can
0: learn from that. Yeah, I will say, and I can't obviously. I cannot speak for all represented people, or all multiracial people, or all black people. But I think, like with all people, we're all different, right? So Mm -hmm. I think that there are there are some people who are willing to to have those conversations and to help. Like Mm -hmm. if you ever sent me something to say, you know, what do you think? Should I post this? Should I send this? Whatever. to, to it, from my perspective, that is you trying to learn and you appreciating that I have perspectives that you don't. If you're constantly coming to me with those questions and you're not learning from the last time we had this conversation, that's right. a different story. And then there are some people who just don't want to have to do that at all. So that, that if you're your watching daughter. this, yeah. <laughs> if you're watching this and you've had those moments before where you're wondering like, maybe I should, like, I'm not so sure about this ask someone, right? Like reach out to someone and say, listen, um, I appreciate that you have perspectives that I don't. I want to be sensitive and make sure that I'm not just completely putting my foot in something due to my own ignorance. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you about this? Do you have the capacity to have a conversation with me about this? And, And I've had people reach out to me to say that too. Like you can absolutely say no. Like I, will not be upset or offended if you don't want to talk to me about this, but I figured I would better safe than sorry. Right. I should reach out anyway. Mm -hmm. I personally really appreciate that. Right. Especially right now when as a society in America, at least we are growing so much in our thought processes and people are learning. I do have these biases. I do have these prejudices. Maybe I'm not a full blown out racist, but i've been raised to think about things a certain way and i would like to unlearn that i don't believe that you can do that all by yourself i do think that you need some help sometimes mm-hmm. um but it's it's all about setting expectations right of of not expecting people to have to help you or have to explain things to you but to be cognizant of the fact that um yeah we have we have a choice whether we can do that or not and mm-hmm. yeah I think like I I do those sorts of things with um, my friends who are blind or deaf. If I have accessibility issues, mm-hmm. I'm not an expert on that topic. I don't have that life experience or those perspectives. I can assume and try and make the best decisions possible, but I'm still learning. And so I would rather ask somebody, is this useful to you or am I just assuming that it is? And I've learned so mm-hmm. much from those conversations.
1: Yeah, we should have a conversation Um and one of our vlogs about ableism because that's a huge issue mm-hmm. um, in every industry yeah. and in America specifically. But um, that'd be a good conversation too going forward. One of the things that we talk about a lot is how companies can do better. And one of those ways is not making assumptions about somebody's name on their resume. So if you yeah. are a hiring manager you know, maybe even like just fold, fold down here. I'm talking about paper (laughs) copies again. Um, Scroll past the name, look at what makes somebody uh, you know, the, the body of the resume because a name is a label that's been applied to somebody and we do own it. Right. So like, I want to be called by my name, but I want to be known for my work for hiring and then call me by my name. Once you determine I'm the right person to bring into the job. Uh, Mm -hmm. so so just scroll past that part and look at the body of the work and let that speak for itself and then go wow what name do I apply to this amazing work yeah you know I love that and go from that so beautiful absolutely so yeah so let's just be better let's be nice to each other let's be kind to each other let's do better be better (laughs) and and so i don't know that i gave you a lot of resume advice this week but i think that um you know having a decent resume it can be one or two pages that's for sure um but be authentic be yourself don't you know like i think you said whiteify or whitewash your resume don't you know not be who you are but actually make it legible and readable and all those wonderful things and then I think we decided next week we're going to talk about some interview techniques and yeah. uh, when you're be- when you're interviewing for a job and when you are perhaps the interviewer how you can do better and uh, better represent yourself and uh, be open more open minded as a hiring manager.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One tip that I'll slide in there before we go. Please do. Um, I've always had success asking a friend or a colleague who I know has had experience hiring people to glance at my resume for me. Um, Two sets of eyes are better than one, right? Like I'm a crappy speller. Michelle corrects my spelling on stuff all the time. Um, So I like just having somebody look at it for spelling and grammar mistakes. But also if somebody has had experience hiring before, they might say this bit, maybe remove that, right? Maybe that's, that's. I don't think people are going to care about that. But I know that you did this thing and that would look really good on here. Mm-hmm. So I think having somebody who's had that experience and had been through that process can help out a lot
1: as well. Absolutely. Great points. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. All yeah. right. We'll see everybody next week when we talk about um, interviewing. And until then, have a great week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.
0: This episode of the Underrepresented in Tech podcast was sponsored by Yikes Inc. Learn more about their professional WordPress development and design services at yikesinc.com. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of our podcast, want to utilize our database, or just want to say hi, visit us at underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.